podcast is ready. Okay, that was good. It wasn't bad. I think that's uh, two days of getting We've it. We've had better. We're hitting it on the mark. Well, We've had better. We, we, I guess so. I guess so. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Happy halfway is there. It? there. Oh, it's Wednesday. Halfway Wednesday. there to what? To something of a weekend. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we'll call it that. We're halfway through this uh, standard, what some people consider a work week. <laughs> yeah. But most people <laughs> like us are probably sitting at home every day and just kind of like the days start to merge and yeah, bring together. I saw somebody do. post on Twitter today that was like, how is it that March felt like it was 10 years long and April feels like it's been a couple seconds? <laughs> and how is it that we've collectively all experienced the same thing? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's true. I can't believe we're like in the final days. We only have got, let's see, one day left after this of uh, April and then we're in May. Holy, wait, 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 wait. There's wait, only wait. 30 days in April. What's today's date? Wait. No, that's What is wrong. today? Today's the 29th. Is it? Today's the 29th of April, yeah. So we've got tomorrow and then Friday is May 1st. Friday is May 1st. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I know. <laughs> we've been in this garage for how long? <laughs> I can't, I, to be completely honest, I can't remember if we started. No, it was March. It was March, okay. Because February was my brother's birthday, so I did go to San Diego for that. So we started yeah. this in March. Yeah. So I remember, you know, Malika and I went to Hawaii yeah. for our uh, – <clears throat> yeah, we went to Hawaii for Valentine's Day. That's right. And, I mean, things were kicking off at that point, yeah. though. Because while we were in on. Maui, uh, while we were in Maui, there was a confirmed case of COVID in Maui. Oh, shit. And uh, people were kind of like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we were worried, like, okay, is there going to be some, like... It's funny. The things we were worried about would only have happened if our country had its shit together. Yeah. Because, like, okay, we were just in Maui. Are we going to get off the plane in L.A. and mm-hmm. have to be, like, screened and make sure that we're not sick? Yeah. Uh, of course, that didn't happen. And, right. of course, nobody ever followed up with this. But it's, like, that's what we were worried about at the time because, you know, we were, like, whoever that was was probably someone who was traveling and went to the airport just like we were. Right. So, you know, you know. But hey, it's I guess it's the end of April. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> wow. My thirty sixth birthday is in like thirteen days then. Happy birthday. I don't even know, almost man. Almost to you. Wow. And That's weird. Mine's ex- almost exactly a month after yours. On Damn, the 14th. dude. Wait. Damn, dude. Could we possibly be doing our like supposed trip in that time? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. That would be wild. That would be wild. So I know we brought it up on one stream, but yeah. we, we've been talking behind the scenes and trying to figure out logistically, because we've been trapped in this garage for so long, mm-hmm. we've been talking about possibly doing a show after this lifts, uh, where, when the California thing lifts and most of the country is trying to slowly reopen. Yeah. We've talked about renting an RV mm-hmm. and taking the entire crew on a countrywide trip. Yeah. Call it the new normal. An IRL stream every day from different cities around America, yeah, and kind of make it like you can still travel and still have a vacation this summer. Mm-hmm. Here's how, though, and also possibly talking to business owners around the country about yeah. like how are you doing. I thought it would also be really cool. I hope Emily's not watching. I haven't talked to her about this. Oh yet. shit! <laughs> <laughs> I might be gone for a while. Uh, she was invited. She got a job, Zach. Who? <laughs> 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 Whatever. I mean, I guess that's true. If she's not go- having to go back to the office, then I guess she could come along. 
Uh, but we, we've been talking about it. We're trying yeah. to figure it out logistically. Um, and uh, we want to make it happen. Because yeah. I think for us, for one, we feel very claustrophobic mm-hmm. and would love to get out and see the world. We don't really feel comfortable getting on planes <clears> and going to airports. Yeah, definitely not there right now, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be a while before I, I was, I've talked about this a lot, but I was supposed to go on a European trip with my family. And like, even though, well, the country hasn't announced that they're uh, letting people back in, but they're yeah. internally starting to lift some of their restrictions and stuff. But like, yeah, there's no way in June I'd be getting on an airline to go fly somewhere unless it was something that was work related and it was like necessary. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm not for my own like leisure. I'm not going to get on a plane. Uh, unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. Which is a completely Yeah, we story. don't really want to... We want to be able to travel. We love travel here at Hyper RPG. I think travel is very important. Yeah. Uh, but I am most curious right now about how this is affecting the whole country. Yeah. And, you know, I think it would be cool to show that you can travel safely. Um, you can be conscious of it. Yeah. You can avoid groups of people and crowds yep. to do so. Um, and there's a lot to see across the country yeah i think we've been talking about it though and how we'd probably have to plan out our trip around major highways Mm -hmm. uh to stay within cell signal range uh most of the trip but we also were like you know maybe it's like we drive a certain amount of hours every morning and Mm -hmm. then by midday we're at a place where there's signal and we can stream from there but you know we're we're looking into it. it we're discussing a lot of things about because nothing will be the same yeah nothing Things will be and, different and like, regardless. Yeah, and like we said, until there's a uh, vaccine and people feel really comfortable, we don't fully know how we're going to do what we used to do a year ago as a company. So we have to adapt too. Yeah. Um, and we haven't been able to necessarily figure that out yet. Yeah. So This is an interesting com- comment from Ward of Steel who says, just to know, not sure what it's like in the U.S. itself, but here in the U.K., we rarely, if ever, get to see much of the U.S. outside Los Angeles and New York City. Which is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would I, say like next in line would maybe be like Chicago and Texas or Florida or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But even well, then. And they don't see it. Yeah. They hear about they it. They hear about it. And yeah. I, I remember talking to a friend in France once, it was just like, it's New York, LA, and Texas. Mm-hmm. And Texas takes up the whole middle of the country, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think being able to go, even to states, like uh, there's a lot of the United States I have not been to. Same. That I would love to see. Uh, Washington is, Washington State is a huge like bucket list item that I really want to do. I'm supposed to go in August for a bachelor party. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Now the original, like we've been looking at different options and different ideas. We had talked about doing West to East. Yeah. Um, and then some of these RV companies are like, Hey, you can take these into Canada, but we don't really know how border stuff's going to be. Yeah. Cause true. I feel like we'll be able to travel state to state, but I don't feel like country borders yeah. are, you know, even by this summer. Maybe really Canada will be like, never mind, y'all, stay. Stay in your yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. So we, n- we don't really know how that's going to work. Uh, and I don't want to act like any of this is set in stone. Yeah. We're just, like, doing a lot of talking internally about when these things start to lift, how do we get out, see the world, mm-hmm. um, but do what we do well, mm. which I think is connect people, talk to, to people. We, yeah. We're really good at live streaming. I think we could do some really cool stuff from the road. And educate people while, you know, doing something good for us, too. Yeah. I think we need it. We've been stuck in this garage. Decker and cheese says, Alaska is bigger. Don't forget us. I actually really want to go to um, Alaska. There is the one final blockbuster that's open in Alaska. 
and it would be kind of cool to visit it before it closes forever. Yeah. Please don't type into the chat room that it's closing. <laughs> <laughs> I will be so sad. <laughs> I uh, And yeah, I understand the irony of like, oh, we're trapped in a garage. Now let's get in an RV. But the, but you can, the way we travel, yeah. like I know, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is if we were going to do this, I would make sure that every person had bikes. And I think it would be like if we stop in a city, we bike up and we ride around. And All right, never mind. It's in Oregon, so I guess we have to go to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think uh, I think it would be really cool. And, you know, open to ideas. We're in discussion phases right now. We have a lot of really cool opportunities coming up at Hyper RPG. And, you know, we're kind of thinking about how, what has changed. Yeah. And for us, it's like, well, cons aren't happening this summer. And if they do, we probably won't go to them. Mm-hmm. So most of our travel that we do every year is for cons. And that's where we kind of get out and we see people from the other parts of the country who come in and all that kind of stuff. And if yeah. we're not doing that, and we know that that's not going to happen and that's not going to be these like things that kind of break up, it also makes us realize if we were going to ever do a trip, it would kind of have to be this summer because next summer if things go back to modus operandi and we're just back to normal, we're never going to have the time to do this. Ever. No, ever. No. <laughs> we will never have the time. At to do least, this. at least for sure, not as a group together. No, I feel like it's the only time we could ever, as a group, be like, okay, things aren't normal yet. Yeah. Very clearly, nobody has a set schedule yet. Things are kind of up in the air. I, I don't know if we'd ever have another opportunity to do something like that. So it's being yeah, discussed. Sure. We'd like to try, but it's Hyper a lot of road power go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of a lot of logistics to yeah. figure it all out and see if it's even possible. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I, I like we would still have to get some. I guess actually, I don't know how that would work. I guess we'd have to figure that out. But like, we still have to get you know things done on the road and figuring all that out of like how we would do that and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But there's a lot yeah, to figure out. There's a lot. But uh, somebody asked in the chat if Gen Con has announced that it's canceled. No, but yeah. we don't feel comfortable. Like, I'm just going to be real with you all. I got that email from PAX. It was like, don't worry. We're still having PAX. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel comfortable. I don't buy into this idea that of herd immunity and all that bullshit, you know, like, until this stuff is, like, on lockdown. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable. And I don't want to be responsible making anyone else sick. Yeah. You know? So I'm not comfortable with cons this year. I think, like, Adam with movies... My standpoint on cons is like... Oh, I, I mean, I have the same standpoint on cons, too. Even if Comic-Con were to still happen, I'm like, I'll go down down to San Diego, get a California burrito, but I'm not going to San Diego. Yeah, Comic-Con. every time I go to a con, I get sick already. Yeah. This already happens. <laughs> con crud is not I come back from every con crazy sick. I don't yeah. want to come back from a con sick and be like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, for us personally, I don't think we as a company are comfortable, which is huge because yeah. if Gen Con does happen and we're not involved, uh, that's huge because Gen Con's a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal from a financial standpoint to an exposure standpoint, um, but the safety of our employees. And that's the other thing, too. Like, if we go, you know, it's like Malika said, as a company, we're now liable for everyone who works for us. Yeah. You know, like everyone who's a host here, everyone who's an employee, now we're liable for their health. Mm-hmm. That's when shit gets a little wonky, too. It, it's like at a certain point, it's not so much about how much I'm comfortable. It's as a company, do we want to be responsible for everyone who works for us, health and safety? Right. And and we should be. 
we we should be, and uh, that has to be taken into account. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For sure, ladies and jelly beans. Uh, also, today, changing up the schedule just just a little bit. It's Malika bit. Appreciation Day. That's right. That's what I'm calling it. It's Malika go. Appreciation Day. We, us two idiots, <laughs> might be live on camera right now, but right after this, Malika's going to have her, her bow buns, and she's going to play some Final Fantasy VII, and then at 6 p.m. she's going to watch some Booksmart with us. Yeah. It's Malika Appreciation Day, and I'm, I'm just going to be real with you all. You all don't show Malika enough respect. And it bothers her. And she would probably be upset with me for telling you this. But we notice it. We notice it in our numbers. I'm going to call you all out right now. We as a company have made a lot of choices to try to put the right voices in front of the camera. The right people in power. And our community outwardly supports this. Outwardly, on social media, on Discord, things like that. They will applaud these things and they will support them. But in reality, on numbers... We get these analytics back. We see them. We see that Malika, when she's the host, makes less tips average, gets less percentage of viewers average. And this isn't just Malika. This is every female host on our channel. So I want people to stop congratulating themselves as an audience and, and as a, uh, a group and a community for how good they feel that we're putting female voices forward and we're putting underrepresented people forward, but then tuning out and turning their backs on that kind of content. It's one thing to say that you support it. It's another to fucking show up. And we get the analytics back, and we have to make hard, hard choices. Uh, numbers don't lie. And we, it's so hard for us. And, and to me, Rat Queens is always the best example. Yeah. When we like analytically look at a show like Rat Queens, we're like, we announce we're doing that. We get more social media engagement and public outcry and support from our community and community around it about that show. Okay? It comes out. It has the lowest number of engagement and viewers of any RPG of that size and or budget that we've ever done. And we wanted to let it go because we believed in that project completely and we believed in Emily completely and every other woman on that show. Um, and we wanted to support it with the full capacity of Hyper RPG. But numbers don't lie. And it's so weird as a creator and a producer to kind of dive into these things and see how much people will outwardly support an idea and outwardly support a concept but then inwardly quietly just dissipate and and you know like it's so wild to me and i know if we're seeing that other people see that too mm -hmm. which is why in the long run you see people who are tight on money being like mm, i don't know when we did this thing with this white dude we got this percentage of more viewers and we got this percentage more income and for that shit to start changing for that shit to start actually changing the way media is done and the way we start putting things forward, people got to show up. You got to yeah. got to represent. If you want actual change, you got to fucking represent. And this is a long way to go from Malika's going to be playing Final Fantasy later today, which is just her saying they're playing a video game. We don't expect that to do well. We want Malika to have fun. But from an, an aspect of respect and um, actual like statistics that we see here, I'm excited for the TTRPG community, the nerd community, to put their money where their mouth is and, and to start actually representing and showing up instead of just talking about showing up. And that's what we've seen in our numbers, and it drives us mad. Yeah. It drives us absolutely mad. And we're going to keep doing it. We're not going to, like, shift course. Uh, we're going to keep doing it. But we get those numbers back. We see them. And we're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Why? <laughs>
Yeah. Yep. I, I hear that. I hear that. And then we will be doing dinner and a movie after that. Uh, we'll be watching Booksmart, which I think Zach already said, so I don't know why I'm repeating what oh, you Oh, man. Booksmart's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. It'll be a it's good time. It's going to be so good. Tomorrow, we're watching Onward. That's on Disney+. Plus. And then on Friday, we're watching It Comes at Night, which is on Netflix. And then so far, the winners for next week, for Monday, we've got Old Boy, which is on Shudder. And Cursed Films mm-hmm. won mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm, 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 mm. I'm very excited to watch that. Yeah. I tried looking for it on the South by Southwest page on Amazon Prime, and I couldn't find it. So I don't know if it's not if it's coming out at a later date or because it's on Shutter, it's actually not coming to Amazon Prime. So I'll have to take a look. But if you sign up for Old Boy, Shutter on Old Boy, then you'll be good to go on Tuesday night. Do you want to pull up on your computer the images of what's available today? Because I did not see the sync. Oh, sure. If you want to pull I that up. I can do that. Because I can cut to you. Okay. I can cut to your screen when you pull it up. Uh, let me find it. Hopefully it's synced. <laughs> Hopefully it's synced. I forgot to tell you I didn't see it when I looked. Hopefully it's synced. We've, we've, I've had some like issues with uh, Dropbox. Okay, it's synced. We're good. Cool. There it is. All right, you want me to show it? What uh, do we got today? One sec. There it is. Hide, okay. the porn. Hide your porn. Hide your yeah, porn. Yeah, hold on. Let me clear my browser history. <laughs> uh, you can go to oneshot.straylogic.com and this or today you can vote for next Wednesday's choices, which are The Matrix. I don't know the full name of this chamber movie. What's the full name of this chamber movie? I can't look I it up. I don't even know. I can't look it up right now because my computer is on, on screen. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Uh, and then A Quiet Place. <clears throat> So these were these were Malika pick Malika's picks for uh, for this week. You know what? I'm just gonna do that thing and I'm just the gonna pull it up. It's called the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. I've never seen this movie. Yeah, never seen it. Shall we watch the trailers? Let's watch the trailer. We've se- we've all seen the Matrix. Yeah, look, we've all we seen don't need that. to watch the trailer for the Matrix. Y'all know what that is. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Right? We don't need to do that. Okay, we don't need to do that. But so some let's of watch you may have not seen. Uh, a Quiet Place, or The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. So we're going to play a quick game of... God damn it. <laughs> you got an ad? I don't know what this is. <laughs> One moment, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, you just sometimes try to... All right, let's see. that fix it? Okay. Thank you, Hollywood Reporter. All right, here it is. The trailer for The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Okay, let's check it out. Damn. Oh, we got an all Shaw scope. You know all about that now, huh? Yeah, right. Oh my god. This looks amazing. Where is this movie available? Because we know Malika likes to pick things on accident that don't. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely mentioned this movie in the uh, documentary that Malika and I watched. This one's on Amazon Prime. Oh shit. Wait. Subs. It is? I don't know. (laughs) 
I love how there's no dialogue and it's just action. Sold. Is it going to show me every chamber? <laughs> I, I want to watch the movie. <laughs> Is the trailer showing me every chamber? <laughs> Oh, it's, uh, it looks like it's, uh, dubbed. No! Okay. Uh, I feel bad I didn't check this for Malika. Because we know Amazon has a bad reputation for never showing the original yeah. films, and they always show the dub. Yeah. And it drives me mad. Yeah. This is a long trailer, goddamn. All right, I think we're good. I don't want to watch the whole movie here. Just in case it wins. Uh, That's a long trailer. Shit. Fedor, I disagree that dubs have a charm of their own. Old dubs for movies that I want to enjoy make me immediately not enjoy them. Because I feel like they're often kind of racist. Oh, yeah. uh, Very weird. And not well produced. Back then, dubs were not done like dubs now. Yeah. It's very different. Very different. I mean, even so, like, I've watched a lot of American movies in Czech. And when I watch a lot of the movies, for the most part, a lot of, like, the translation gets the point across. But sometimes they change things. You're like, why, the, why did you change that one word or phrase? Good news. It's on Netflix with both versions. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that's what somebody just said in the chat. On Netflix with both versions. That's great. Uh, yeah, original. Wait, 36 Chamber on Netflix is original dub, says Shadow. Hmm. Hmm. Uh. We'll have to check on this. We're, we're, our experts are checking as we speak. Oh, looks like they do have the audio in English and Mandarin. Hey, that's sick. Cool. Good on you, Netflix. Well, shit. I guess we're going to watch this on Netflix Amazon then. Amazon Prime, you got to get your shit together. Adam and I want to watch old Jackie Chan movies, and every one of them is the dub. They These have, are Jackie Chan movies. I know you have access to the originals. Why are you only offering the dub? Not only do they have the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, they also have Return to the 36th Chamber <laughs> and Disciples of the 36th Chamber. Wow. Oh, shit. Okay, that's good news. Okay. That's good news. Now I'm, I'm excited. Now I'm excited. That's good news. You know what movie we don't have to watch a dub for? A Quiet Place. Oh, okay, because there's no dialogue. Yeah, because it's quiet. <laughs> Let's watch the trailer. Hot damn.
goddamn. I thought the movie was great. Oh, I, I think Quiet Place is real good, and I can't wait for the second one. Yeah. Such I, a surprise. It was, totally. I, I, I remember like we saw, I remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking, like, okay, well, it's John Krasinski. He's never directed anything before. Okay, it could probably be pretty good. He's, he's, you know, he's pretty experienced when it comes to working like on all these different shows that he's done and with directors and all that sort of stuff. And um, I'm pretty sure he had directed a couple episodes of The Office, I would imagine. So I was pretty excited to, to know that then that, like this was something that like he helped co-write and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's a very tight movie. Tight. It's like 87 minutes long, and yeah. it moves. And it moves super quick. And it's, and it's terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> your whole, the whole time your blood levels are like at like at a at a ten. So stressed, like, oh, man. Oh my god. So stressed the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, I remember seeing that in theaters and being like, Yeah, yeah. You seriously are just like this for eighty-seven minutes, and then it ends. And you're like, Oh fuck. I thought one of the <laughs> most interesting aspects of that movie was watching in theaters with large groups of people mm. is how people were holding their breath. Yeah, like nobody. Like you were getting into it so yeah. much on the theater standpoint that you started being like. <gasps> Don't make a sound. Don't make a sound. <laughs> you know, like that's the power of movies. It was yeah. great. So good. Yeah, I think it also people were just so intrigued by the fact that like how little dialogue is in the movie because it's all kind of done through uh, sign language, and I I think that added such a special element to the movie as well. And it's like sound design wise, it's so incredibly done. Yeah, it's just really really good. So great, great three movie. really good choices. I feel like yeah, and the Matrix is solid. Yeah, Matrix Malika, is a solid. Malika movie. loves the Matrix. It's yeah. one of her favorite movies. Uh, she loves '90s like hacker movies. Yeah, that's like one of her favorite genres. So, yeah. uh, these are all great Malika picks. Really good choices. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised she picked The Quiet Place. I would say like Chamber and Matrix is pretty much like Malika. Yeah, and Quiet Place I, I find interesting that she picked. Yeah, um, I was having a really hard time gauging her reaction to the movie when it came out. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it lasted with her longer than I anticipated. Yeah. It's very good. Very really good. good. And every time we hit a goal, we're obviously adding people to the Keebler Club this week. You want to get in on that Keebler Club? <laughs> Does he still know? Does he know? I have no idea. <laughs> he has no clue. I hope they retitled it in the, in the Discord, the Keebler Club. The Keebler There's Club. There's four people in there so far in the Keebler Club. Yeah. You could be one of those lucky individuals to hang out with Lucas this weekend off stream. And, uh, you know, last night we played uh, Gears of War Tactics. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get myself set up upstairs to play it some more. Uh, I have a hard time sitting there playing on the couch, not because the couch master that thing's cool, but because our couch is so uncomfortable after mm. watching a movie, too, just lower back. Like, it's comfortable for, like, a movie or, yeah. like, a few hours, but to it be there for really longer yeah, than a while. So I'm trying yeah. to get it set up upstairs. I was really enjoying it. It's basically, like, a souped-up XCOM. It's mm. a very polished XCOM, and... I think that's one of the things that was always missing from XCOM is that extra polish. Mm. And I was really digging it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to play it some more. I love How those long did you stay games. down here last night playing? Not too long. I no, only played like two, hours. Hour so. oh, it was two hours. Two hours. Yeah, I played two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that movie, well, I guess that movie last night was pretty, was long. Or not long, movie. but two hours. So yeah. six to eight, eight to ten. You were here for a hot minute. You were here for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. upstairs and I watched The Commuter, which I actually do enjoy. I do enjoy that. Have you seen that movie or no? No. Liam Neeson. So Florence Pugh was in it. I forgot Florence Pugh what? was in it. What? No shit. Yeah, she plays. She plays like a like a supporting character in the movie. She's is not it 2019 or 2018. Uh, Commuter is 2018, I think, or 2017, maybe. Oh, maybe really? Wow. 2017 or 2018, one of the two. Um, yeah, it's 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 another one of those like tight 80, 90 minutes, or like it's like 90 minutes long, or an hour and 40 or something. It's another one of those like Taken type movies, uh, directed by Helmut Colesera, who did Jungle Cruise. He's going to be directing uh, Black Adam. 
So I enjoyed it. It was, it was good. It was good. And it's nice to see Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson in the movie together, even though they don't share a single scene. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're both in it. They're like the conjuring, the conjuring couple who never stops making movies together now. <laughs> they're in so many things. Uh, but it's great. You should check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, you want to kind of talk about uh, this crazy shit show of a topic? I don't know what that is, so please enlighten me. Uh, I'm sure everybody at this point has seen that AMC and uh, Universal are uh, are duking oh, it out. Oh, right. Duking it out. Right. There's a, there's a lot of controversy right now because AMC had, um, or I should say Universal, they broke the traditional 90-day theatrical window to drop Trolls World Tour on PVOD early, which is premier video on demand uh, is what they're calling it. Um, so they broke the 90-day window. So it technically had a same-day theatrical, same-day video release. And AMC was not very happy about that. Yeah. Most of the movies that have been put on this premier VOD system have been movies that were already uh, had already come out or they had kind of like renegotiated and reworked sort of their release schedule. Uh, we also know that Warner Brothers is obviously releasing the Scooby-Doo movie uh, early as well. Or it's not early. It's going directly into mm-hmm. this like premier video on demand system uh and there's been a lot of back and forth right now between amc and universal amc basically saying that universal has taken advantage of the fact that everybody is at home to justify them breaking the the theatrical window to put this movie out early (sighs) universal is coming back and saying like well we wanted to put it out because everybody is at home right now and we wanted to be able to provide some form of entertainment for our audiences and if we already have a movie that's done why not put it in the home so I feel like it's been kind of going yeah. back and forth for a while. And I think audiences are also kind of split on this because I think there's a lot of us who like don't want to, we don't want to experience Black Widow at home on a TV screen. We don't want to experience a Tenet on a TV screen yeah. or Wonder Woman or some of the other universal movies that are coming out. You know, they have the Jurassic World series that's coming out. They have the Fast and the Furious movies that are coming out. They have more Minions movies that are coming out. We don't nece- they don't necessarily want to experience those things exclusively at home. They want to also be able to have the option to go theatrical. Universal has been saying that part of the thing that they're looking at is actually releasing them both theatrically and at home simultaneously. Obviously, a company like AMC and Regal, to them, that signals a big red flag because that's potentially taking away huge business from them. I don't really know where I personally fall on this just yet. I know where I fall. AMC is mm-hmm. reaching. Yeah. I think they're reaching. And now they got Regal involved too. And I'm just like, I understand movie theaters are scared right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this doesn't help you because less movies are coming out this year. And if you start feuding with those companies that are even putting movies out this mm-hmm. year to say like, oh, well, we won't show your movies. It's like, mm, I'm pretty sure the ones hurting here are you, AMC. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need every fucking movie you can get when you reopen your theaters. You're going to need every one of them because every major blockbuster this year has moved back. Yeah. <clears throat> so why are you picking fights with these studios? You are putting yourself in a situation to have even less options for people who might go to the movies. And in regards to you know Universal, it's like, duh. You close down your theaters, AMC. You might even go bankrupt. There's a literally an uh, AMC theater at Universal, Universal City Walk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, tense. <laughs> but w- what's Universal supposed to do? And all these other companies. It's trolls. It's not a Marvel movie. Right. It's not, you know, so it's like, release it. It's done. Release it. Mm-hmm. I, I find it, that to me is movie theaters just refusing to accept that the future is different. Yeah. 
and you have to adapt. You have to find a way to make your business strategies work. Otherwise, you're going to get fucking left behind. And, you know, in a lot of ways, thankfully, we have things like on demand now, mm-hmm. you know, to, to help us get through all this. That's a good thing. Yeah. Technology has advanced. We even have this ability to beam movies that could have been released in movie theaters directly into people's homes, uh, despite the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I understand that AMC is in panic mode right now, but at the same time, picking fights with the people who would directly give you stuff is probably not a smart move on their part. It just seems really mm-hmm. short-sighted. I think, uh, I think the one thing that, that I definitely agree with, and Working Class Hero brought this up as well, is... Universal did this without having a discussion with NATO or anybody uh, from theatrical distribution about this change. They kind of just did it. Mm -hmm. And I think the theaters are also worried that this is going to sort of set a precedent that studios don't have to in any way, shape, or form negotiate these sorts of things with theatrical distributors. That, I think, is where part of the problem lies. I think if movie studios just kind of start coming out and they're saying like, well, we're going to put this movie on Peabody and this movie theatrically and this here and this there and without any, with, with already having a theatrical release in play and not consulting uh, these other distribution avenues, then I do think that there is a conversation to be had by theater owners of like, well, if we already had a deal in place that we were going to show your movie on 6,000 of our screens and you're now telling us that you're going to release this simultaneously on digital, there's other movies we could have put in place of that because we know we're not going to get yeah. as much business. But in regards to Universal's standpoint is <laughs> if you had an agreement that said we're going to release this in 6,000 theaters, but then zero theaters are open, yeah. deal void, you know, fucking null and void. Yeah. I mean, I think, a pandemic. That, I think at that point, you know, you're kind of grasp, you're kind of just like grasping at straws because then, you know, the, the theaters could come back and say like, well, you could have delayed your release. And then it's like, well, why would we de- delay our release if we don't know when your theaters are going to open? We don't know like when they yeah. will be open. You know, so I think it's like a constant back and forth. I personally think that I think we all know nowadays what movies do well in theaters and what movies don't. Yeah. I don't think Trolls had a good chance of doing well no. theatrically. I know that it made a hundred. I think it made about three hundred, three hundred and twenty to three hundred fifty million worldwide. So that's I th- and it was about 150 some odd million dollars domestically, but if they're making 100 million dollars off of it going straight to people's houses through Pivod, why would you go theatrical? Yeah, you're probably going to end up making more money on the back end if it you've, if you just push it out yourself. Granted, that does mean that you're going to have to find a distributor to put it through, whether it's something like Amazon or Netflix or whatever, because I currently don't think that Universal has their own. Um, a streaming service, you know, that could change in a few years. They might come out with something, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think like, I think movie studios need to going forward, reanalyze what movies that they want to devote to the theatrical experience. It makes perfect sense to me that a star Wars movie, a Marvel movie, a DC movie, a fast and the furious movie, a franchise film, uh, that's that of that scale can go into a theatrical run and do success and do really well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do feel like movie theaters have to start reevaluating. Oh, Peacock. That's that's NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. I think people have to start reevaluating how movie theaters survive in the future cuz yeah. you're right. That's the movies people want to go to. And we might like to go see some indie films. Yeah. Most people don't. We're we're in a smaller and, category. You know, I think some creators uh prefer the new like 
SVOD straight to the viewer option mm-hmm. because more eyes see it. Yeah. A lot of directors have gone on shows and things like that now and said like, yeah, maybe we got paid less overall, but more people saw the movie mm-hmm. because it was on this service, yeah. because it went to Netflix, because it went to Amazon. Mm-hmm. It got in front of more people's eyes and and had a bigger social impact yeah. by doing so than if it had just sat in a theater somewhere with only a couple people seeing it. I think it. Annihilation is a pretty good example. When that came out uh, a couple years ago, it came out theatrically in U.S., but it debuted on Netflix in the U.K. and probably other international territories. I don't know how wide of a distribution it had internationally on streaming services, but I think w- I, I would be really interested to know how it did on streaming versus how it did theatrically yeah. in the U.S. or, or domestic. And I'm I don't not know even, if that I'm not talking about things that are doing both. I'm talking yeah. about movies now that are just like, people are like, fuck it, let's just do it on a digital service. Yeah. You know, uh, I think Extract- Extraction is a great example of mm-hmm. that. That, is that a, movie would have not done well in theaters. Right. But as an action movie on Netflix, it's one of the best action movies yeah. on Netflix right yeah. now. And <clears throat> it's great in that format. It's a good action flick. Mm-hmm. It would have done really well in the 90s in theaters. Yeah. But now, now no. no. Hell, hell no. Yeah. <coughs> I think they made the right call. <coughs> Woo. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's kind of tricky because, like, I have to sometimes remove myself from, from – I have to remove myself from my own self when I think about these co- conversations because I have to remember that, like, I'm a single person who has an AMC A-list pass – so I can go to the movies anytime I want, you know, any day of the week. I don't really have to think about it. It's just something I do. But then I think about my family, for example, you know, like my aunt, my uncle, they have three kids. They go to the movies, but then they have to like find a sitter for their, for their little one who's just turned, he's like a year and a half, mm-hmm. you know. So there's a lot more like steps for them to be able to go to the movies. Then you get there, you buy the tickets, you buy the snacks and all that shit. It adds up. If you're a family of five at home, yeah, it might cost you 20, 20 to $25 to rent it, but now five people get to watch it as opposed to one, and you know you just kind of like have your own snacks at home. You spend a lot less money, basically, is what I'm getting at. But for me, you know, it's easy for me to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the theater. I'm just going to hop over and watch a movie. I may, when I go, I may not necessarily always get a popcorn and a drink, so it's like I'm not spending the additional $20 for food and snacks, whereas, like, for other people, it's different. So I think I think you're right, though. I think there is going to have to be – I think studios are going to have to work with theaters to sort of reevaluate, like, what stuff goes into a theater. And it's not about theaters just running things exclusively or any sort – it's not about exclusivity because at some point those movies will come out on a video on-demand service no matter what. Yeah, eventually. Or they'll come out on DVD and Blu-ray no matter what. So I think if you, like – if you really want to see Avengers, you know, the, the new Avengers movie – or whatever, even Black Widow, yeah, put that out in theaters for three months or however long the theatrical run lasts and then wait three to four months to put it out on a video-on-demand service and then after that, put it on Blu-ray or whatever. You know, I think, like, those windows are going to sh- continue to shrink anyway. Now it's 90 days. I remember back in the fucking 90s, you'd have to wait up to six months for something to show up on a VHS or a Blu-ray. So, like, the window is getting smaller. Yep. Three months goes by so incredibly fast. You're not going to have to wait that much longer to uh, to get it. But I- I'm someone, no matter what, even if they did decide down the road that, like, you know what, we're just going to put Black Widow on Disney Plus at the same time as we release it theatrically, I'm definitely going to the theater to see it first. And I know that's going to change for every single person. Like, not everyone is going to have that same enthusiasm to go to the movies to see something like that. But 
I think I, – I, I don't know what the statistic would be, but I imagine that if there's a chance to see something in a theater and it's a hugely anticipated movie, most people will see it theatrically first. Like, are you really going to watch Tenet on HBO Max if it were to come out the same day as it came out theatrically? I would figure that more people would want to go see it in the theaters. I disagree. You think so? I disagree. Really? I think that a lot of people around the country – but For I'm instance, talking about, like, movie fans. I'm not talking about average but Joe. But I'm talking about average Joes are what make up the money made, though. I think average Joes are the reason Transformers continues being made because it makes so much fucking money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, average Joes are the ones that actually make up the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, moviegoers, great. Good reviews, great. You know, whatever. I think tenant if it dropped on hbo max i think a large portion of even our audience would be like oh fuck yeah i'm gonna watch it right now mm-hmm. and if they like it they might go see it in the theater later but i think a lot of people would immediately just be like fuck yeah i'm wait. i've been waiting for this movie let's yeah. do it let's watch it uh I, I i think we're unique i think we're very unique we live right next to a theater we go all the time we love movies in that regard and i know there are some people in our audience like that as well but then i think about people like my parents you know, the closest movie theater is 30 miles away. That's a that's an event, you know? Mm-hmm. That's an event. And there's no pre-registered seating. You know, you got to get there early and wait in line if it's a movie that's a big release. Um, you know, not, not all these theaters have are like that. You know, I think a large part of the country would just be like, fuck it, yeah, just watch it online. Yeah. Oof. I could never. It's painful. Just the thought of it, I'm just like, I'm dying inside slowly. Yeah. Um, I get it, though. You know, it's like it really just depends on the person. Now, I think where we're talking the big difference, though, yeah. is whether or not it's being released um, as a purchase VOD for 20 bucks or going to the movie theater. Yeah. Like, if it's just dropping on Netflix or HBO Max or something like that, well, and I, you already have access to these yeah. subscriptions or Amazon Prime. I, I think for sure – I don't think we'll live in a world where Tenet drops on HBO Max for free. Right. So what I I I don't the, think that's going to be the case. If it was a, that like twenty dollar rental yeah. versus going to the movies, I think it's always going to be that. Then I then it may be yeah, just yeah. go to the movies. But yeah. if it's if you're talking about just hitting a streaming service, I mean Jesus, I I can I could never imagine. I personally can't imagine that HBO Max. Sorry. I can't imagine living in a world where Warner Brothers puts Tenet, a brand new movie, on HBO Max for free. Yeah. I don't see that happening. How the fuck do you recuperate your costs? Right. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. So I, guess, so I guess I should have clarified that by saying, like, do you pay $20 to go see it in the theater or do you pay $20 to watch it on your television? Yeah. And again, you're not, you don't own it. It's for a 24 – I think these new PVODs that came out – like a uh, bloodshot and all that. I think it was 24 hours. You owned, you had it for rental for rental. Yeah. 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 So I guess that, that to me is going to be the big question of like where, where we stand on that. I mean, you say all this, but I find it really interesting that, you know, when you think about shows like the, the new Marvel shows that are coming out mm-hmm. uh, on Disney plus the overall budget for each show is the same as an indie film. Mm-hmm. You oh. know, I've heard that those Marvel TV shows are really expensive. Yeah, it's the same as a fucking indie film. Yeah. So it's like the the line's starting to get really blurry. Yeah. You know, obviously Avengers is a big difference, but when you start looking at other like mid-range kind of movies budget-wise, yeah. Some of these shows that are going direct uh, are higher budget even. It's it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. <clears throat> yeah. 
So I don't know. I, I'm curious to see every, to hear everybody's thoughts on that, though, because you know I think we have a lot of people in our audience who are like us that they either have a movie pass to a to a certain theater and they're a singular person, so they go often, or they're a family and they have to pay for more than one ticket. Maybe they're paying for two or three. Um, for me personally, it's been a really good investment to have a list. And now that they have that thing where you can do like a group, what? Jeff Fool says, yeah, but they in LA are paying ten dollars for a ticket. Where what do you the fuck? Where do you watch a movie in LA for ten dollars? The IMAX theater. <laughs> the IMAX theater, right next to us, is twenty five dollars for a ticket. Yeah, yeah. That's dude. why we bought an A list pass because it was cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think A-list is as valuable to people in the Midwest as it is to us yeah. in L.A. In L.A., A-list is choice. Yeah. You go to a movie once a month, it pays itself. Yeah. yeah. you And that's not to say you can find theaters in L.A. that the tickets are under $10, but, but the movie's been out for four yeah, it's months. Usually the, it's, yeah, it's usually the old movies. Yeah. Uh, like, it, like if you were to go now, the movies that those theaters have is stuff from Thanksgiving and Christmas. Not new stuff. Mm -hmm. um, some theaters will have a um, what do they they call like a like a discounted uh, they have like a discounted matinee. day matinee day. Yep. Like I know AMC on Tuesdays has like seven dollars all day or something like that. But on average, no the the movie tickets are uh, at at minimum I would say like eighteen dollars. Yeah, usually. And if you want to see it in IMAX, it's like twenty five to go yeah. see it over here. Yeah, it's expensive. So yeah, and I granted that's not all markets. Oh man, Rob Vegas says it's six dollars. For regular and nine for IMAX. Ooh. Oh my god! Hey, when we oh, oh you know what? God. When we do, if we do this road trip, dude, that's we got to We got to hop around. We got to hit theaters. We got to hit the country theaters. And be like, whoa, dude, dude, <laughs> dude. Uh, last time I saw a, a movie for nine dollars, I think I was in high school. It's interesting to see how different parts of the country change costs. Yeah. For things like movies, where things like a can of soda is going to cost you the same. Yeah. You know kind of yeah, around the country so but crazy. a movie theater ticket is vastly oh different. Oh my god. I mean, I think that's why when a lot of people look at the pricing for something like Disneyland they're like Jesus Christ and I'm like, yeah, but I mean that's like a fourth that's like that's like buying four movie tickets and people are just like mind blown when you say that. Um but yeah, so I mean it, again, it varies by market. So I mean again, I think that also does beg the question of like if a movie's dropping in HBO Max and it's $20 regardless of where you live in the country. Michael Blazemont says I've never seen a movie for more than $6. Fuck. <laughs> What is that life? <laughs> I could live in it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I don't have six dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's honest. That—that that is truly the reason why we went with AMC A list because we love going to see movies in IMAX, and it made no sense for us to continue paying twenty-five dollars every time when we can just buy A list for twenty-five dollars, and then we have access to literally every movie. Uh, Speaking of, yeah, should we cancel our A list? It's uh, it's uh, it's on pause. It's on pause it's right on now. Pause. Okay, they said it's on pause. So if you've been getting charged for it, then you should probably look into that. I don't know. I have not been it's getting charged through, for it. I'll have to ask Malika. I don't have a bank account. It yeah, all, it all goes through her. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and like so, like certain certain theaters will have deals for 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 less than that. But you know. For the majority of the time, like if you want to go watch an IMAX movie, yeah, you're not paying uh, six dollars or yeah. nine, which, uh, goddamn, I wish. I wish. Do you want to talk at all about the updated requirements for the Oscars? Yes. 
I fi- I was like that one to. of your topics? It is one of my of topics. Of course. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I jumped the gun. I'm sorry. Hey, man, if, you, if you're excited about it, uh, you well, know. Well, I'm curious. I'm excited to talk about it because I want you to tell me what the news is because I've been too busy with other things. Yeah. <laughs> so what's so, up? Uh, I didn't get a chance to break it down, but I, I will sort of go through um, what's been talked about. So the Academy's Board of Governors, they had, a, they had a Zoom call to sort of talk about like, okay, now that all these movies have kind of been shifting around and a lot of them have been shift- shifting their release dates, what does that mean for us next year when we do the Academy Awards? They will still be having the 93rd Academy Awards ceremony. Interesting. Uh, it will be taking place on February 28th. Uh, it will be the 93rd, I think, Academy Awards. And some of the things that they did discuss was uh, in order for films to qualify, and this is, this is this season until further notice, films can qualify for the competition without screening for at least one week in a Los Angeles area theater, the longest standing barrier for entry. After all, all movie theaters in LA have been, have been closed, obviously. Uh, films that were scheduled for theatrical release that meet the other eligib- elig- uh, eligibility requirements and that are made available for Academy members to view on the organization's members-only streaming service, huh. Academy Screening Room, within 60 days of being available on a public, publicly available streamer or VOD, uh, will be in the running. This covers any and all picks that scrap their theatrical releases due to coronavirus crisis in favor of other methods of reaching consumers, such as Trolls World Tour. Um, let's see. What else do they say? What will be interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. is to see if anyone tries to game that system at the end of the year. That's true. And Because like, there's a lot of movies that still have not come out yet. They haven't come out, and it'll be interesting to see if they go, okay, there might be less competition this year. Mm-hmm. Let's release our film to the Academy within the 60-day window and have it drop in theater, even though it's still not coming out in theaters technically until the next year. Mm-hmm. Like Somebody might try to play that system to be like, let's get in the running to get our like marketing out basically through the Academy, mm-hmm. even though the movie's not dropping until around or after the Academy Awards. Right, That'd be right. interesting. Uh a couple of the things that they did talk about was uh, they're going to be taking two categories and putting them into one. Best sound editing and best sound mixing will become best sound, this which so I think is so stupid because I think sound, again, to me, this is all about like not properly educating the Academy voters on the differences between these two things. Well, I will always think one of the biggest problems with the Academy is a majority of the people voting are actors. Yeah, and they don't know. They don't you know. know like, they don't understand the technicalness of what's being voted on. Yeah, and I think when you understand that the larger percentage is actors and producers mm-hmm. and sometimes even critics, <laughs> uh, you start to understand why what films win certain categories. Yeah, you know, it's it's easy to understand why La La Land and the artists do so well when it's such a like, like. <laughs> We love you, actors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's just you start understanding kind yeah. of, like, where their mindsets are and how they get so high up in the running. I yeah. really wish the Academy was opened up to much more people around the country f- in terms of voting and much more departments and, and, like, people that, you know, have a different respect for much different aspects of filmmaking. Yeah. The fact that we still don't have stunts, you know, like, that seems like a no-fucking-brainer. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, too, I also look at something like visual effects, and a lot of the time, a lot of the stuff that is that tends to win visual effects... It's the most noticeable. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. It's like makeup. Yeah, yeah. But then I think about, like, visual effects from... If you look at something 
like what was it first man winning over i think it was avengers and infinity war or something i don't remember exactly but you look at like oh we're gonna give this award to something like first man because the 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 visual effects disappear into the screen i'm like yeah but look at the fucking volume yeah and the quality of the visual effects in something like avengers infinity war like sometimes it's a lack of respect and understanding yeah sometimes i'm like who's making this fucking dis like how are you judging what's a better visual effect? And it's like a little frustrating sometimes when I think of like, I, I don't disagree that the visual effects in First Man were really fucking good. But I also think about the amount of people and the volume of visual effects in something like Endgame. Yeah. And the fact of how much, how much of it goes unnoticed. Like a lot of the sequences, there's a whole sequence in, in Infinity War when Doctor Strange and Thanos first meet uh, Ebony Maw, and they're walking through the street. All of that is fucking CG. It's all green screen everywhere, but it looks like a real street, so you never question. I'm like, man, a lot of like the the, the really big volume of, uh, of visual effects goes completely like. I into think the something trash. that starts to hurt some of these movies too. I think of Thor Ragnarok, for instance. Yeah. And how because these big movies from Marvel are hiring hundreds of V of X teams from yeah. around the world. Yeah. And some portions of the budget get allocated much higher to certain teams because they're having to set shots on a like priority basis yeah. that people will remember one bad CG scene yeah. and forget. You know, it's like you remember Look at Black Panther. Yeah. The ending the ending fight sequence. Everybody's like, oh, the visual effects in that movie was trash. It's like there was a whole there was a whole other two hour movie that yeah, happened before exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> and I always think about Ragnarok and how yeah. their VFX in that movie that I think are some of the best Marvel has done from a from a like awe inspiring standpoint. Yeah. Just yeah. like just fucking art. Yeah. And then there's the scene on the bluffs, you know, uh, yeah. on the cliffside. That's just some of the worst comping yeah. I've seen in a Marvel movie. And that one thing will like. But that was very clearly a reshoot yeah. done super fast. But that like taints people's perception of VFX for the whole film. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, remember the fucking Valkyrie? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> remember holy that one shit. painting that they, that they put in that movie? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's all fake. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's very very frustrating. There was also a really good Q and A uh, that's that's on the Hollywood Reporter. That's with uh, the, the CEO and president of the of the Academy. And one of the questions that they that they did ask was, "What prevents you from getting five thousand submissions this year? Given that there will probably be fewer distinguished films in the running, why wouldn't every Lifetime and Netflix movie that was originally intended for TV now into the?" the Oscar competition and they say the Oscars require films that were meant for theatrical exhibition that is the core heartbeat of the Academy that your intention was to make a theatrically released film this year we'll look at the schedules that were that we already had for theatrical releases and also contracts when you make a film you make it under the theatrical rules of the DGA and your non-union this is just this is just lobbyists this is just (laughs) fucking lobbying this is an example of how your fucking government works to be completely honest with you this feels like this is super interesting what is the most important to know about the consolidation of sound design and sound mixing uh, into one best sound Oscar? It was suggested that the idea originate in the Academy Sound Branch. This 100% came out of a request from the Sound Branch, which worked very hard to bring this to the forefront after reviewing a long history of overlap in the recipients and the films that they worked on across the two award categories. Which I do get. I mean, sometimes, yeah. Um, I think it was like Interstellar, one for sound mixing and sound design. I mean, is that a bad thing? 
I don't know. You know, like I'd be interested to look into that. I don't know. But to me, like this feels like lobbying across the board, and I wonder how much longer the academies can be able to get away with this because yeah. filmmakers are going to continue to start making award-winning shit on yeah. streaming services only. Oh yeah, that because it's, it's everyone was pissed that Beast of No Nation could not be considered for Academy because it was a Netflix movie. Yeah, you know, and like that's going to continue to happen more and more, more and more, more and more, because filmmakers don't give a fuck. If, yeah. if, so, if, what shit if Netflix comes to you and is like, we're going to give you money to fund this project that no one in Hollywood would ever give you a chance to do, they're going to yeah. say, yes, yes, yeah. let's do it. For sure. The Academy has to adapt. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think like, and, you know, like I think a lot of these studios also, if they're going to all, if they're all going to start having streaming services, then you're going to see a huge influx of big creators going to things like HBO Max and, and Peacock and yeah. just all these different things. Like it's an inevitability. Just embrace it. Yeah. It's but then again, I, f- I start to wonder, like, is the Academy something that becomes less and less relevant every year and is kind of like a lot of Hollywood in that it's very self-serving and it's for itself? I mean, I think the ratings answer that question. Yeah. I mean, people are just kind of like... People don't watch it as much. Who fucking cares? Yeah. And I think especially younger audiences, and we talk about this a lot in terms of like how young people go to movies yeah. and what drives young people to theaters now when such a primary source of how they consume content is on streaming services and YouTube and TikTok and things like that. Yeah. Like, you know, what drives young people? And as people age out of that group, like, do they, do they give a shit? Do they really care mm-hmm. at all about the Academy and their choices? No, not at all. I'd be interested to see in the last couple of years how big of a boost came from winning best picture and it's it's a tough one because i feel like it's a chicken or an egg thing Mm -hmm. does it get a boost from winning best picture or does it get a boost because it won best picture that meant that theaters put it back in theaters and then it got a boost yeah because it was back in theaters you know what i mean like yeah yeah and even if i'm like moonlight winning best picture and then getting being in the theaters after that did did that help or did it not help i i I would say in the case of moonlight it probably did because it was such a yeah. Underrepresented movie. Underdog, yeah. Yeah, it was an underdog. Yeah. I'd be more curious about some of the bigger winners mm-hmm. that, you know, you expected to win and that had yeah. good theatrical runs. Yeah, or like Shape of Water. Like, how much better did that help yeah, Guillermo yeah, yeah. In, the, in the long run? I don't know. Lo- lots of, like, in- <laughs> well, interesting things. We just got a tip from Kiwi Pigman yeah. that said, early support for Malika plays Final Fantasy Seven R. Get Adam and Zach off screen. It's time. It's almost time for Malika. Okay. And on that note, Bye-bye. it is time for Malika. <laughs> and it is Malika Appreciation Day. You better show her some respect. Respect! Respect. Respect. Let's do it!